Hi folks, I'm Duncan Gill, child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I'm Victoria Lee, licensed clinical mental health counselor. And welcome to Is There a Med for That? The podcast about teen mental health, behavioral problems, and what to do about them. Victoria and I have been working together for years with kids. Sometimes we use therapy, sometimes medication. Sometimes we just give guidance to parents. And we realize that sometimes kids just need to be left alone. We don't have all the answers, but we've got some of them. We'll do our best to share what we've learned over the years working with struggling kids and their families. We hope you enjoy the show and that we can be helpful to those who have taken on the hardest, most important job in the world, being a parent. Hi, Vicki. Hello, Duncan. Here we are. Here we are. Ready to do a new episode? We're going to do it with our new format. New format. When I first thought of this... I always thought that we might do a podcast like Car Talk. I remember early on talking about Car Talk together and enjoying kind of the banter or yeah, flow and people of it. call in and you don't need to prepare at all, which is wonderful. Appealing to folks Very like appealing us, to lazy people. Um, and yeah, I thought about the bluegrass opening. Yep, remember Car Talk. So let's do an episode like Car Talk. Okay. We kind of did one last episode or recently on with the call-ins, right? To see. Yes. We had the question on our... worrying about your child's developing mental illness. If as a parent, you if struggle you with have it. one. I think that right. went pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so we want to dive into taking calls. Let's so see, we, we'll do have a, we have a new phone number. Maybe we should just put right out there. It's 347-603-0609. So if people have questions about parenting, whether it's scenarios or just questions in general about kids, please feel free to call in and eventually, hopefully it'll get on one of our podcast episodes. Yeah, we'll put that number on our website too. And um, hopefully get some call. We actually thought about having kids call as well. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Every other week or so do a kids call in complaining about their parents. Exactly. We were talking, we may get a lot of crank calls, which would be absolutely fun. Right up our alley. Exactly. All right. Do you want to go right to the first call-in Let's question? We have a couple caller. from this week. My name is Bob, and I'm not sure if it's a question or just some feedback, but I was wondering what possibly the objective is of the podcast. Is it, um, I'm not quite sure. I've listened to several of them. And um, what I would like to hear, I'm not sure if the audience would, but it's just maybe like solutions to dysfunction in the homes while people are waiting to get into your program, such as, you know, my um, my teenagers behaving in this way, and this is what's going on, and what can be done about it, and maybe do some role-playing around that between you and Duncan. And you also mentioned that you wish there were programs for younger children, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds. Maybe some role-playing around that can be done also to try to keep things calm in a household when they're younger and so they don't get into their teenage years and are being dysfunctional or whatever. But mostly um, for the kids that are waiting to get into your program, what the household might be like and maybe role play around that and just for example my teenager just went out to the high school dance and came home drunk and the adult confronts them um, maybe you guys could role play back and forth with that and say this is what could be said and done about that um, i guess that's it but keep up the good work i've been enjoying the podcast thank you 
Wow, what a good series of questions. Wasn't that great? It's such a great first one, too, because I think our caller, Bob, there is anticipating kind of where we want to go next with the podcast, and that is to give it a little bit more structure, which will be structure around actual examples of what's going on at home for our listeners and how to make it more applicable to specific situation. So we'll still talk about the broad concepts that we have been introducing, but more around how to actually apply that at home. Cause that's where we do think that, um, we actually shine is how to help people have better relationships at home with their kids. Yeah. And the nature of our work is really, uh, doing stuff on the fly with parents and kids. We sort of, you know, our intakes and stuff. So talking about general topics has been a little unusual for us. And a little more difficult. So I think Bob has a great question there in that. What the he hell said, are we trying to do? Yeah, he asked what the <laughs> hell we're actually, the, the podcast is about. And I was thinking, that's a great question. Do you have any idea? Yeah, I think our objective, right, was to bring awareness to teenage mental health struggles and to give tools to parents and families on how to all love each other more and get along better. Right. And the objective is to make more resources available to families and kids who are struggling. Um, and I think part of the thing that we've run into so far is that there's many different ways to do that. And there's many different ways that kids and families struggle. And so you can include a lot of different topics and ideas into the podcast. Um, and I think in the beginning, we did a lot of that, trying to talk about this and that. And now we want to get more specific, like Bob was suggesting about how to give actual advice to families working through a specific example. I like the role playing. We do a lot of role playing in our parenting group. Right. And it can be helpful to hear models and examples of how to interact and communicate with one another in a loving way, but still have healthy boundaries. And I'm excited. I don't think I've done the role play like this before. Oh, we're going to do one right now. Uh, okay. You're going to launch right into it? Oh, I can, thought... Can I address a couple th- other things that... Probably not. Okay. But no. <laughs> of All course. Right. What do you want to address what about Bob's questions? Yeah. Um, so I guess in summary, we didn't know exactly... I think what we wanted to do was, yeah, to bring information to parents, particularly because so many are waiting for services. Yeah. For, for me, it was also to, to demystify a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And to... Uh, like show that, that it can be fun and funny yep. and as well as serious and sad. Uh, but you can look at it in all kinds of ways, optimistic. And um, we love what we do, yeah. right? We don't go to work. And a lot of the stuff we've heard and read tends to be in the downbeat side, at least the way mm-hmm. I find that. Yeah. So really bringing more of the human part of it, I guess, alive, like the real actual lived experience. Cause I, I think often mental health, there can be extreme cases where it, it has to be, um, maybe yeah, extreme cases where it looks a little bit different, but the vast majority of kids who are struggling, even with the current, you know, the mental health crisis going on in the adolescence in America, I think a lot of it, it is very much about your day and day interactions with them and you can deal with it in a very human way. And that's part of, um, almost like the neuroses of our time is that we're losing that we're losing that human piece of it. And I like the demystifying it. It's not this like really complex solutions often it's pretty basic foundations and then you can add things as you go. But I hope our podcast does help bring it back to the first things first. Yeah. Nor are there experts in this field. Um, 
right? I mean, it's hard to be expert in something so difficult. You can have a lot of experience in it. Right. But I think that's one of the other things that um, I think we'd like to, I think the spell is the fact that anybody knows exactly what to do and anybody has any, you know, so much is not completely concrete, yeah. which is difficult for a lot of parents. Yeah. I think in that, we were talking previously in an episode about a lot of the anxiety that surrounds parenting nowadays. And I think it does come from, we kind of obsess about experts a lot in our day and age and feel like we have right. to be an expert in anything in order to comment on it or, but I think when it comes to parenting and human relationships, we're all experts in our own way. Um, but you don't have to be an expert to, to do what we do it. Hopefully you have a lot of experience right. doing what we do, but yeah, to be an expert, I think is, um, unattainable. You can strive for it, but you're not going to reach it. Yeah. So the objective of our podcast is to try to get more information out there and resources for kids and parents. And I think we want to now take it to an, the next practical step in the actual examples of what's going on in our listeners' lives and help. Should we put a disclaimer on this? <laughs> Don't try this at home. What are you thinking, Victoria? Well, do, you know, like you read a book or something or... The, yeah, the, the funny thing is I was writing a blog article on cutting and not locking up sharps as a recommendation. And I was, I kept thinking in my head, I kept sort of rewriting in my head a disclaimer in the beginning so I didn't get sued when something bad happened. Mm. I actually, I think I even consulted my lawyer on it. Yeah. And then... What did he say? I forget. <laughs> I did the blog anyways without a disclaimer, so he probably said, don't worry about it. Okay. But yeah, what, what disclaimer are you thinking about? Um... We can only comment on like what the information we have, I guess. Mm. And there might be a lot of other pieces to the puzzle that we can't address. And so this isn't a substitute right. for continuing to seek help that might be needed for you and your family. Right. Yeah. We're going to get short questions and have to work with the information we have, but yeah. And that's only to offer guidance and right. to consider a new way forward potentially if it fits into your values at home. Speaking of which, one other thing we're doing is we're trying to write up and put together in our heads and then on paper parenting principles. Yeah. Um, that's a, a, a project underway that we hope we can uh, turn into a book or a course, a course and get that out to parents. And that yeah. would uh, offer guidance to those who are either don't need our level of services or who can't get into our level of services. Right. So that's another thing we're doing to try to help. So did you want to get more concrete? Yeah. So I liked Bob's example. I think that isn't that uncommon. So your teenager kid comes home drunk. Where were they? Anyone remember what, what did he say? They come home from, they come home from a high, high school, school dance. dance drunk. So let's, let's make this, let's flesh this out a little bit. So what age we, you know, cause it's different if it's a 13 year old versus a 17 year old. Definitely. So high school, I'd say probably like 16, 16, 17. 17. Yep. Yep. Then you got other variables. Boy, the, there's a lot of them here because so much depends on your relationship with your kid to start with. Um, as a kid who does this all the time, this is a kid who's, this is the first time ever. Yep. Um, but, uh, let's, let's just go with it. All right. So, I think it's just naturally Duncan's the drunk teenager. Absolutely. 
and I'm the parent. Uh, so Duncan comes stumbling home. At first, I'm going to pause, right? The first thing I always recommend to parents is that you pause and reflect on where, where are you at? If this was a train track moment, then we would have to like, don't worry about pausing, just jump in. Like if you're, if your kid is vomiting and like, you're afraid they're going to choke on their vomit or right, so drunk, you right, need to right, get right. them in the car, obviously get them right to the ER, um, and worry about the, the parenting principles later. Um, yes. but let's just say, you know, it's, he's not that drunk. Um, although any drunk is not good when you're 16. So let me, so again, to make it more concrete, let's say it's what, 11 o'clock. Okay. And let's say I, I didn't drive the car home. Okay. okay. Cause that's another variable. Let's say yeah. I was dropped off by my friends and I sort of stumble in and I'm trying to avoid you're even seeing me because I know I'm drunk mm -hmm. and I just sort of try to slink off upstairs. Yeah. So I've quickly assessed that it's not an emergency situation necessarily. Although I don't know that yet if he's trying to sneak off in some, like I know the, the big factors aren't there that I'm, there's no emergency, but so I'm going to check in first. I'm going to reflect on how am I feeling in this moment? Um, and center myself and make sure that I'm not irritated because he was supposed to be here a half hour early and now I'm angry. Um, again, it's okay if you're feeling angry, embrace all feelings, but am I actually, am I going to approach my child in a way that I'm ready to team up with him? I'm going to be constructive and optimistic in my interaction. And if it's just like, you know what, like I'm tapped out, I might, if I have, if I'm fortunate enough to have a partner to do this with, I might ask him to go take the lead or her to take the lead. Um, and, and talk if I'm really just not in the mood, but if I am, I'm going to go ahead and take the lead and say, you know, Hey Duncan, um, do you have a minute to just check in? Well, I'm really tired. I'm just going to see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you're really tired. You know, I just, I have some concerns. Something doesn't feel right. And I was wondering if you could help me just for a minute. Um, what? I'm super happy that you got to go to the dance and that you're home now. It just, something feels kind of funny and I don't know. Have you been drinking? No. 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 Not at all. I'm just really tired. I just want to go to bed. Okay. I got a little bit of a headache. A little bit of a headache. Not feeling well. What's the smell of alcohol? Where's that coming from? Um, some of the kids were drinking. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, I walked by after, afterwards and, and somebody spilled a little bit of beer on me. Okay. All right. I really want to believe that. I want to believe that you're telling it's me the true. truth. Okay. And in my head, just stepping out of the role play, I'm assessing like what he looks like you know, and maybe taking in that he's kind of slurring his speech a little bit. And if I felt fairly confident he had been drinking and that it wasn't what he's saying, I would, you know, continue to ask, does it seem reasonable that I don't believe that? You never believe me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like I often don't believe you? Yeah. Okay. I swear. I swear I did not drink a lot. All right. Okay. Which I appreciate. So you drank some tonight, but you feel like you're not in a, I guess most important to me in this moment is that 
should I be worried about how much you did drink? Um, I had a, I just had a couple sips. A couple sips. Okay. Hmm. I didn't want to, but Jimmy made me do it. Jimmy made me do it. Oh, I got to talk to this Jimmy character. You know, I guess at this point, you know, if I would probably want to talk to my son more when he's sober, if I really feel like he had been drinking more than just like a couple of sips and it's 11 o'clock at night. So I'd then say, you know, I want to make sure you're going to be okay tonight. I don't want to be overreacting in any, in any way. Um, you know, so if you're going to head to bed, that's cool. But do you mind leaving the door open just so in, in, I can make sure that you're okay during the night? And um, can we talk more about this maybe tomorrow? Whatever. Hmm. Okay. And I would leave it at that. Um, and then if he's having a hard time, you know, like leaving the door open or unwilling, I might request that, you know, he comes out of his room or try to talk with him a little bit more and ultimately you know, if he shuts the door, I might still open it at night if I'm really concerned about how much he has drank because that safety is first. Um, and then beyond that, I'm going to try to talk to him tomorrow and there'll be consequences, right? If I can't, if he doesn't team up with me more tomorrow, I'm not going to do a lot when someone's been drinking because that's often counterproductive. Um, but I will t talk tomorrow about teaming up. And if he's not able to I might not feel comfortable with him doing certain things for a bit until I understand more of like what is going on. If it was in fact like feeling he had a lot of peer pressure uh, and you have to put this through your own family values as well. Some families are very much not okay with any drinking. Other uh, parents aren't okay really with drinking, but they understand that that is part of adolescent um, exploration in some cases. And so you need to assess too, like, is this just exploration or is there a bigger problem? Is this the first time he's come home drunk? Is this the 10th time? If it's the 10th time, I might be talking about, okay, what programs are we going to, to figure out like how you can get more help and learning how to stay sober or to figure out why you're drinking so much? How about, um, how about we take a couple different possibilities that this could go a lot of different ways, which is yep. part of the difficulty. <clears throat> Let's say I come home with a more aggressive attitude about it. Yep. And you say, have you been drinking? I say that to you and you get upset. I get upset and yeah, I've been drinking. Okay. So what? I appreciate you being honest with me. I really do. I, I thank you for speaking frankly that you have been drinking. Just as your mom, I'm a little bit concerned, you know, at 16 that you're, you've been drinking. Does that make sense to you that I'd be concerned? You drink all the time. You're drunk every night. <laughs> for the record, <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. Um, <laughs> disclaimer. Um, and if, but if I was, this is one of yeah, our big principles is that we want to be the adult we want our kids to become, right? And so if I w were a drinker, I would say, wow, like, you're right. I, I do drink and I, maybe that's something we need to talk about if that's bothering you, how much I am drinking and I'm open to talking about that with you. Uh, but for right now, I think the question is about your drinking and coming home pretty, like drunk as a skunk. So my mom used to say, drunk as a skunk. 
And let's say I just keep coming at you with at that point you're I drunk wouldn't all the time. Who cares if I'm drinking? You know, it, it blows up beyond that. You're ruining my life. Why can't yeah. I do what I want to do? I'm going to move out. Yep. And so I'm not going to, especially if someone's drinking, it's never a good time to try to like solve things and like they're intoxicated. It's, you're not going to make meaningful progress. Um, and so as soon as possible, I would just, you know, try to say, Hey, I think it's best if we take space from this for a little bit. Um, and let him go to his room. And I would check on him if I felt like he, as a mom, I would want to make sure that he didn't drink so much and his blood alcohol levels rising. Cause that can happen right slowly over time. It can go higher. Um, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to engage in any fighting. I'm not going to, it's not the time to, it's never really a time to yell at your kid or try to make your point heard by screaming louder, staying calm and regulated yourself. Um, and then tomorrow, I would have more meaningful conversation. Why is that, Victoria? Um, because, I mean, I can imagine myself getting incredibly frustrated, particularly if it's not the first time, and get into a screaming match because your child should not be drinking. Yeah, and I think embrace your own feelings. It makes sense why you're frustrated. It makes sense that you don't want your kid to be drinking. But rarely does it ever help a child look more at their own behavior or anyone else for that matter if you're coming at them um, with anger, right? People aren't going to team up with you and you're not going to be able to achieve anything if you aren't teamed up together. And giving up control, like you, you're, you can't make choices for your kid when they're 16 years old. They're going to have to have somewhat, somewhat of their own journey and path in life. And they can grant you influence, but by yelling at them, you're way less likely to have them grant you that influence. doesn't mean I have to say, okay, well, why don't you just keep just going out all the time with your friends? I might say, Hey man, like I don't feel comfortable letting you use the car. There's gonna be some natural consequences if I suspect my child's drinking on a regular basis. Um, and I'll try to be supportive and talk with him about it, but you can't, what is the old saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Same thing. Would you change your approach? Say I came home drunk and I had driven and I'm dense, you know, in the side of my car. Yes. At that point, I would definitely, I'm not going to fight. That, that's, I'm never going to fight because that's not, it's really like if you even break it down fighting, I'm trying to help you. So how is like if fighting is you versus me? And so we always have to stay teamed up. Um, I might at that point ask about what happened to the car and try to discern is anyone else injured? Do I have to figure out like, you know, do I, is there, do I need to call the police to make sure, you know, whatever happened with the car is resolved? Um, and then definitely tomorrow the conversation is going to be a lot more serious about probably finding some help and getting like I w- drunk driving is a very serious offense and I wouldn't, you know, a couple of times exploring drinking is one thing, but driving drunk and hitting things, I think right away is a huge red flag that your child is out of control. It might have a problem with alcohol. It seems like the common thread is unless there's a safety risk immediately, kind of if this is the 20th time or if this is the first time or if there's a fender better and everything's okay, or your kid is angry or whimpering, feeling sorry for himself, you're taking time 
overnight, right? Before you address it, rather than to try to address it with a drunk kid. Exactly. Yep. Even if they're high, you know, smoking pot or vaping a lot, I would definitely give them time to, to sober up before I'm going to have a serious, meaningful conversation with them about it. And probably for you to cool down. Yep. Which is also a very normal part of being a parent is you get frustrated and need to take space and that's okay. And what are you going to do when you can't sleep that night because you're so pissed (laughs) off? Part of being a parent, huh? Yeah. There's that's no, part of the reason you yell, right? Is you want to get it out. It's very hard to swallow that yeah. for a period of time. Yeah, I know for myself, like I always just say, well, what did you sign up for? All right, like, <laughs> you know, it's what being a parent is. That's right. Yeah, I think sometimes you want to rationalize or like try to find a way um, to like almost like make contracts with God, right? If I do this good enough, then the outcome can be what I want it to be. And that's not how it is. It ain't life. Yeah. Sometimes you can be doing everything to the best of your ability and doing exactly, quote unquote, the correct way, but the outcome can still be pretty bad. Sometimes the surgery is a success, but you lose the patient. Yes. Right? Yep. It's a good doctor one. And so as a parent, that really is about, that embodies giving up control for your own existential relationship with life and spirituality. Hey, Dunk, what about now we switch roles just so parents can hear maybe like how you would do it? Let's try it. Because everyone has their own flavor. Um, So this is fun. I get to be the drunk teenager. Nice. Nice. Can you set the stage a little bit for me here? Yeah. So I just came home from the high school dance. Yeah. Um, I was not driving because I'm a responsible drinker. Good. Um, and, you know, I'm going to try to get upstairs without you noticing I'm, I've been drinking. And that's where we're at. And um, is this the first time or is this? Um, yeah, let's do first time. First time. First time. Okay. Hey, Dad. I'll see you tomorrow. Going to bed. Hey, how was the dance? Great. I had so much fun. So much fun. Are you slurring? My words? Yeah. Do you think I am? Yeah. Maybe. Been drinking? Alcohol? Yeah, alcohol. Well, maybe, maybe? You've been drinking alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. Was this at the dance or was this something afterwards? A little bit of both. How are you feeling? Mm, pretty good. I'm sorry, a little bit of both. So where'd you go afterward? I just hung out with Johnny. Johnny, but where? Was this like in the parking lot? Or did you go to his house or? We just hung out in, in his car for a little bit before he dropped me off. Okay. Daddy, it's okay though. You don't have to be upset or worried. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you're 16, you're a teenager. So um, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Um, you feel okay right now though? I feel good. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I bet you I do. Uh, <laughs> how about, let's talk about this. Why don't you go up to bed? Let's talk about this tomorrow. Okay. Dad, are you angry? Um, no, I'm more, I'm more worried. You're worried? Yeah. But you don't have to be worried. I'm okay. Well, it's my job to worry. I signed up for this. Dad, all right. Are you going to tell mom? Yeah. Is mom going to want to talk to me? She's going to be pretty pissed. I'm going to be honest with you. <sighs> you guys are always upset at me. Why don't you go to bed, sweetheart? Let's talk tomorrow. All right. And then what would 
what would we talk about tomorrow? Yeah. Can you tell me about last night? Oh, I think it was just a bad moment. Uh, I wasn't suggesting it was bad in any way. Um, but do you see why I might be a little worried? I guess I'm confused. If Why are you worried if it's not bad? I, I guess I'm mostly worried about how it might affect your thinking, kind of decisions you'd make. The drinking. The drinking. That I'm going to make bad decisions because I'm drinking? Yes. But the drinking's not a bad decision? You're trying to twist my words around. <laughs> You're trying to psych me out? I am a, f- a teenage female. <laughs> That's what we're good at. See, one of the interesting things here, Victoria, is I'm thinking particularly about my kids, but some kids who are more anxious and more tightly wound, I might not be that concerned. As a matter of fact, I might see it as a step forward mm. in them adventuring. Yeah. So I, because of my own experience, I'd lean right. that way. Which I was actually just talking with Scott, who's one of our coworkers the other day about how your kids are like more like low, I don't want to say low energy then, but like, say like my kids, right. They're like wicked high spirited all over the place. Um, in like the trajectory that you worry about with kids who are more probably natural risk takers. Right. So if they emerge with this sort of behavior, I might feel a certain way about that versus like you said, if you have more anxious kiddo who tends to be risk adverse and um, less out there to begin with, maybe it's a sign of them trying to find a little balance in their life. Yeah. And so having a real human conversation with them about it, I think is what highlights our approach highlights or the principles we try to practice in our parenting, um, I think, is relationship-based. And that is important to take into, into account in the way you're talking to your child and what you're focusing on. Yeah. So, so many variables. Yeah. Um, so, Bob, I hope that helps a little bit. Please call back with more feedback. and um, If we get off track, call and let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Thanks. That was fun. Thanks for making me do the role play, Victoria. Of course. I was kind of nervous. You did good. Thank you. I know we talked about getting to two calls today, but I think we've been talking for a while. So let's take the next call in our next episode. Let's do it. All right. Well, I hope that uh, any adventures you have out there in your life with your kids today go well. And we'll see you next time. Bob, I hope that answered every question you have. Yeah. (laughs) Bye, folks. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Is There a Med for That? For more information about our podcast and our clinical work, visit our website at medforthat.com. If you've got questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at contact at medforthat.com. We'd love to answer some of your questions on air. Have a great day.